the Lord bless you tonight as you return to your seats. Um, if you'll stick around tonight after we're done in here, we're going to conclude the service tonight in the back. We've got uh, Morgan. I got that right, right? Morgan's going to be baptized tonight in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. <clears throat> Praise God. Praise God. What you will witness tonight is you will witness one of the greatest miracles on this side of heaven. Amen. One of the greatest miracles on this side of heaven. Morgan, we've talked about it this morning. You know, we, we talked about a white Christmas. Amen. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Your sins, which are scarlet, and I'm not just trying to pick on you. It's on us all. Amen. The Bible says our sins are as scarlet. What that means is they show up all over the place. But when you obey what the Bible teaches us, praise God, and that is to be in obedience to, to the Lord, and we go down in Jesus' name in baptism, the Bible says that every one of those scarlet sins are completely washed away. <laughs> it's the truth. Folks, that is not a minor miracle. That is a major miracle. That is a major, major miracle. Praise God. And so tonight we welcome you to stay behind and witness the joy of the Lord in Jesus' name. Tonight we have a couple of folks that are going to be coming and, and, and saying some words to you. The first one tonight has um, uh, been going to Bible college for the last semester down in St. Louis. And uh, Harmon is kind of one of our kids, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, we've been paying attention to him and he's... Um, quite a, had quite an experience down there and that type of thing, him and his mom, and, and we we'll appreciate uh, them being in this church. But yeah. I asked um, uh, Harmon if he would come and, and, and say some things to you. Maybe he can inspire somebody. I, I believe, you know, somebody said, I remember when I first got into the church back in the 70s, everybody was telling me that you just got in under the wire, that Jesus was coming back. And I felt like, you know, I kind of sensed it. I thought he'd be back by the end of the week. But he wasn't. And we started hearing things, well, don't go to Bible college or don't do all of this. Just get out there and try to save people and pass out tracts and things of that nature. And we have to be careful with that. Because I do believe when the Lord returns, and by the way, he's going to come back when he's ready. All right? But when he comes back, I believe there are going to be people who might be in a preparatory type of position. So if God is calling you to do some things, if he's calling you to go some places and, and, and get your uh, Bible education at a, at a Bible college, like what he's doing, I think that's perfectly in the will of God, yeah. in Jesus' name. But Harmon, we want you to come. Where's he at? Oh, he's over there. Okay. Well, we want him to come. Give him, I told him he could have... Um, 30 seconds. <laughs> no, I gave him more time than that. But brother, you come and just maybe if you got a word for the Lord for us tonight, we want you to go ahead and do that in Jesus' name. So, amen. 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 Praise God. There you go. Lord, everybody. Praise yeah. the Lord. Yeah. So like you said, I've been attending Urshan College down in Wentzville, Missouri. And... Originally, I wasn't going to go to Urshan. I was actually going to go to IBC, which is Indiana Bible College. It's another UPCI-funded college. But I got a little rebuttal with my dad. He told me, he's like, you need to get a degree that you can actually use. And so, you know, I got a little bit of an argument. So I asked Jerry, he's like, well, I don't know what to do here. I really want to go to IBC. Well, my dad says this, I don't know what to do. And so he, so he suggested that I go to Urshan. And, so, and he told me that Urshan has been getting their yeah, their accreditation, and so now, albeit it's temporary, but they still have it, and so I can get financial aid and all that, and so I've been going to Urshan since then, 
Apparently, they had a thing called Preview Weekend that I never even heard of until I showed up. So it's kind of, it's kind of an experience, but anyway. I just want to talk to you about one of the, I can't remember his name, but he taught, uh, he was a special guest in one of my classes. It was like apostolic life and servant leadership. And the whole class is surrounding about servant leadership, like, you know, being a servant and leading people through that. And I was not ready for it because it was literally like, like my first day, like already, I'm already getting convicted. <laughs> so one of the things that he said, like, there's like three absolute truths about going to a Bible college and going to Urshan. The first one being that it's a great place where you're able to get closer to God. I mean, I mean, it's, it's a Bible college. I mean, why wouldn't you get closer to God at Bible college? But the, the second and third things is what, like, really got to me. The second thing was that it's also a great place to backslide. You're getting comfortable. You're taking the morning prayers. Uh, it's just like your prayer, taking the prayer that you do right before classes. You're using the, your Wednesday nights and Thursday morning services as you replace them for your prayer and worship. And then the final thing was that, I don't know if I can remember what it was. <laughs> So the, the third, if I can remember correctly, the third thing that he said was that the, the third absolute truth is that you get, you're only close as God as you want to be. That we, we ourselves are the ones like set the limit of like, where are we going to go here? Like, God, you can work up to a point and then it cuts off right there. Like we work up to the holiness standards, we can cut it off right there and we're going through all these different things. Like I know like some of us have already been in church for a very long time, especially some of the kids that went to Urshan. One of my friends is actually an eighth-generation Pentecostal, one of his, grand, like his great-grandfather being there at the time of the Zusa Street Revival, which, for those who don't know what that is, it's one of the biggest revivals in not just Pentecostal history, but like in Christian history in America. But one of the things that like really got to me was Throughout, because like it was very true what he said. Because he's seen a lot. Of, I've even known some people who've backslidden at Urshan College, and I know it's like it's surprising, but it happens. It's still college. People are still going through their transition phase of being from a kid to an adult. They're getting used to going out of their parents' house and develop themselves as an, as an adult. And one of the things that I learned from one of my friends, because he's a, he's a, I think he's a sophomore, but I'm not entirely sure. But one of the things that he said that he gra that he gravitated towards the upperclassmen because they've went through the experiences, they've went through all these trials and tribulations. One of my friends, Lance, he's actually been there for a very long time. Ever since my dad died, like it's been like very hard for me, but I've been continuing going through. But he came up to me one day and he told me, it's like, I know what you're going through. I lost my dad at like a very young age and I also lost my mom. And so like, he's been going through like this hard time since like he was like a kid, since he was a teenager. And, and like, here he is, he's still, he's still living for God. He's still doing all these things. And one of the things I just want to say is that like, you know, it's, it's kind of like a funny thing I put on Facebook, whatever. So it's like giving up and backsliding is like a Lamborghini. I can't afford it. But yeah, but it's it's very true. <laughs> so and like, cause like giving up a backslide is like it's hard being like a Christian and living for God. But it's gonna be it's priceless compared to just giving up back and backsliding. Cause when you do that, it's like you're just living in that state of like depression, and anxiety. Some people have been going through suicide through Urshan College, and it's surprising, but it happens. Stuff like this 
continues even at a Bible college because everyone is so focused on their schoolwork, focusing on finances, that they forgot why they came in the first place. People, one of the majors that I'm taking right now is a Bachelor of Music, and every single... There's also there's Bachelor of Music and Bachelor of Worship Ministry. And those two things are probably one of the hardest things to do because, like, they're putting a lot of pressure on you, not just musically, but one of the things they call is sophomore proficiency, where it's like if you're not good enough, they kick you out. So it's very stressful. Unlike the other ones where it's like you can, like, barely make it through, sophomore proficiency, you're not good enough, you're out. And so it's very stressful. But that, that, and some people are actually dropping that major but even though they're, they are called to do these things, they're dropping it. And so it's just a, one of the things that like breaks my heart and seeing people like backsliding because things are just seem too hard or too difficult and they can't press on. Because I lost my dad, like I already said earlier, and it's like it was very hard for me. It was hard. It's hard for my mom even more. And because like even though I lost my dad, I still came back here. But, like, losing my dad is not going to cause me to, like, give up on what God's telling me to do. It's like. If I go over my time, someone throw a shoe at me or something. I don't want to take up all the time in the world. But that's just one of the things, like, especially, like, giving up and backsliding, that we're getting, like, just comfortable with where we're at, and it's, like, it, it happens everywhere, like, it's, but especially at colleges, because, like, people think, that's like, oh, I could just, like, I can just back, uh, whiz right through this, I'm not going to worry about going to prayer every morning, like, I'm, I'm guilty of that, I've, like, haven't gotten, <laughs> I didn't want to get up at 5.30, get ready, and, like, go to, go to prayer at 7, like, I didn't want to do that, but I would bring my own, bring on my own time, which is also good, but anyway, <laughs> But like, people are substituting their own prior life with just like the little like one-minute prayers during the very beginning of classes. And it's just one of the things I just want to say is that don't substitute what pastors preaching. Don't substitute like Sunday morning, Sunday night services, Wednesday night services with your own prayer life. Because like that's one of the things that's going to cause you to backslide heavily is when you're substituting those things. Because like you're gonna, you're going to get a little bit of it, like but like you're just going to get the surface, like. Like, I'll, I'm up here, like, I'll be fine. I'm just going to go through these Sunday services like it's nothing and continue what I'm doing for the rest of the week. That's, that's not how it works. God's calling people to do more things. Amen. One of the things, 2 Timothy 2.15 says that to be diligent to present yourself approved of God, not a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to be able to subjugate ourselves and, like, put, put ourselves under subjection and be able and, like, discipline ourselves to be able to do the things of what God is calling us to do. Just even if something as simple as, like, Praying five minutes more than we normally do, reading the Bible for 15 more minutes, fasting something we've never done before. It's that simple. Right. Like one, that's one of the things that like I never really cared about as much before, but it's like ever since I come into Urshan, it's like I gotta do this. Cause like I'm living on my own now. Like I may be here now, but like so down on the road, it's like I gotta get my life together now before I start backsliding then. Like Yeah, that's that's about all I got. <laughs> Thank you, That's it. Let that prayer be heard in Jesus' name.
Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Before Brother Mike comes, before Brother Mike comes and, and has a word to say to you, I wanted to sing this song this morning, but I feel like right now this is an opportunity for us to sing. And, it, and the name of the song is There's No One Higher. Our Father, Creator, You hold our hearts together. There's no one higher than You. Redeemer, Defender, our great and mighty Savior, there's no one higher than You. You are always with us, gracious to forgive us. By Your power we are set free. And Lord, we stand amazed in Your presence. Astounded by Your mercy and love. Our hands are lifted high in surrender. Your grace for me is always
First of all, I'm just so thankful for the pastors that we have in this place. I've, I've done this a few times where they've asked me to come up and do this, and he tells me for 15 minutes, you know. And just preparing for that 15 minutes, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, the Lord gives you so much, but it's what are you going to put together up here? And I'm just so thankful for the, the leaders that we have, that they come here every Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday, and every service is anointed by the Lord. And, and that's because... They do kind of what I'm speaking about tonight is they're all in and they're they're giving everything they're giving their lives to God and and they're giving their lives to us as well to just give us the message to help us be healed to to be here when we need God we need to be here and receive that stuff on as much as we possibly can but um, I kind of named this after a Bible study that uh, I've been doing with the guy DJ um, so glad you're here brother. Um, he asked me, we were having a Bible study, and, and, and I say at the jail a lot, like, all right, in my Bible studies, just about, like, uh, we got to go all in for God. You know, like, my life was, um, you know, it was wishy-washy, back and forth. I kept relapsing. I kept going back into the world. I kept, you know, I came in here, and I was baptized at 24 years old, and it took me about 10 years before I was all in with God. And I just, DJ asked me, he said, so what do you mean by being all in with God? And it just kind of took me off place because I knew what it meant for me to be all in with God, but I didn't all really have the total answer. And I think I gave him a little one, but um, I started thinking about it. And, and me and DJ, we talked about it and I gave him a little bit of a testimony of what, you know, just kind of what my life's been or whatever. But I started thinking about it. And it's like, what is it to be all in with God? And um, like, I just want to, I want to read this scripture right now, or just say the scripture right now. I didn't plan on that one, but pastor read it this morning, Romans 12.1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable, it is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may know what is that good 
and acceptable and that perfect will of God. And if I could rename this besides just being all in, it's just being in the will of God. That's what being all in is. Today, when I wake up this morning, being all in is being in the will of God. Being, getting up and saying, you know what, before I do anything, actually I, I brush my teeth and I do a little daily devotional, but the first thing that I'm going to do is get with God before I walk out that door. That's, that to me is a daily thing, and, and I think DJ and I talked about that. And um, Being all in for God is hearing a scripture and doing it. Being doers of the word, not just hearers. Being in the, in the all in for God is, Brother Chris, if you don't mind, Chris made a huge decision in his life today. Um, he, he left his job and, and something that they were, you know, the money that they were counting on, but he wasn't getting enough service. He wasn't getting enough God in his life. And he'd been calling me and he, he's worried about it and he's, he was struggling with it, but he finally made that decision to trust in the Lord and give up that. And I'm not saying that. Yes, thank you, Jesus. I don't mean to put Chris on the spot for that, but I'm so proud of him because I know that he's been struggling being tired with, with that job and everything, but I know that God's going to do some amazing things for Chris. If we get in the will of God, he does amazing things for us. They're not easy. They're not, being in the will of God is not always easy, but it's right. It's what, it's, I can't remember how Harmon said it, but anyway, so I just wanted to start out Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, haven't we prophesied in thy name, and in thy name done many wonderful works, and in thy name... Okay. And I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Um, and then the next scripture, please. Therefore, so whoever, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken unto him a wise man who built his house upon a rock. Tonight we got someone that's going to start building his house upon a rock by listening to what the word of the God, the, the word of the Lord says. Mark 16, 16 says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. I believe right now that you're building your house upon a rock tonight, brother. You're doing the right thing. Salvation is the most important thing. How can we live for God if we don't have salvation? There's so many scriptures in here that talk about the importance of baptism and salvation. Um, we don't have to go there, but in um, 2 Peter 3.21, it talks about, um, we read this the other day, brother, um, that likewise, like when, when the wa water came in and God saved just the fam Noah's family. Likewise, he saves us through baptism. Baptism will save us as well. Um, but then I just want to go to the word baptism, what it means. And it means to be fully submerged. That is the subject tonight. Let's be fully submerged with God. All in. That's what being, that's what 
all in means. Being baptized in 1 Corinthians, if you want to go here, brother, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Um, this speaks about baptism in the water and also being baptized in the body. Be fully submerged into the body of Christ by receiving His Spirit as well. For by one Spirit, we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. This was a huge part of me going all in. And, and that's what I gave DJ when I talked to him about it. It's just my testimonies of being all in. And I'll, I'll throw a little bit in there, but man, one of my testimonies, the first all in moment for me, I would say, would have been like the Super Bowl night. And I went to church there. My team was in the Super Bowl, but I was on cloud nine, um, living for God. I was so excited living for God and what he was doing. He had delivered me from drugs. Um, you know, um, it, I was just excited. You know, God was moving in my life. But then the Super Bowl came, you know, Sunday night. And I remember on the way home from service, I, I suppose pastor probably even mentioned something that morning about the Super Bowl and it's unimportance. <laughs> or, <laughs> but I, I was driving home and I was telling my wife, I was just like, well, God ain't going to be mad at me for missing one service. For my team's in the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, he's not going to be mad at me. And I was like, I'm, I'm not going to service tonight and, I don't, and God's not going to be mad. And I, was, I don't even think she was telling me that he was, you know, I was just telling her, you know, listen, God, I was telling her what God was saying, but, um, so through that day, and I had started a, a little better prayer life than I usually have, but I had been praying about it and praying about it, and the reason I probably got so obnoxious with my wife was because I already heard God in that service that morning that, hey, what's more important? Which way are you going right here? What are you going to, what are you going to choose over me? And I'm just saying this. This is my testimony. This is one of the things that brought me all in. I'm not saying that football is a sin or anything like that. I'm not, that's not anything that I'm saying here. But that was one of the biggest nights. That was my first all-in moment with God. And um, I remember I just decided, you know what? I can record the game and come to service. God is so much more important. What, what, what I get tonight is going to be so important. And that service, I remember that night I came here, and Brother Wayne, I knew he was a Broncos fan, and I was expecting him to be at the game, but I came in, and I was like, I wish he was here, but I was like, good job, man, way to be here tonight, and Wayne's like, what do you mean, man, I'm, this is way more important, I'm like, oh, well, I guess, good job to me then, you know, but it was a big deal, and I remember the spirit of the Lord just moving in that place, you know, it may not have been moving, like, who knows, but for me, God he smiled at me. He was pleased with me, and he will do that for you. When you go all in for God, when you do things that are a sacrifice, he is going to smile on you. Chris, he is going to smile on you. He is going to anoint your life beyond what you can even imagine. You just stick with what you're doing, and you, you heard from God, and you keep doing it, man. And there, there are so many other all-in moments for me Many of you may not believe this or not. I don't know if any of other this. I'm glad no one's sitting there tonight. But I used to sit right back there, especially on Wednesday nights. And sometimes I'd be sleeping on that wall over there. I know that a lot of you can't believe that. Everybody thinks that I'm like the dancing machine up here. But I used to sleep back there. And then I only went to one service. I came to the service in the morning. Then I'd go home and I'd do my thing. I'm not gonna. 
mention some of the things that I was doing, but I'd be sleeping back there and just like, when is this service going to be over? And I wasn't all in. I wanted to be here because I knew the spirit of the Lord was here and I wanted to feel that message, but I wasn't willing to dance and praise and sing. I wasn't willing to go that far. It was, I was willing, I was seeking to please persuade men over God. And then I became, in James 4.10, it says, humble yourselves before the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. And I'm not saying that the Lord exalted me, but like Chrissy said, you know, I was a drug addict. I was just, didn't care, but now I get to get, come up here and teach a, me, a message. But the, fir- the next step I made was, I moved from that seat. I think I came down here a little closer, and Chrissy didn't come with me all the way yet, but I got in the front. And then I started praising. And then I started getting on my knees and I started just crying to the Lord. Then I started dancing. Then I didn't care what anyone thought about me. And I'm going to tell you right now, you guys think that every time I'm dancing up here that, that, that I'm not worried. Sometimes I'm thinking, I don't even want to explain what's going through my head. But sometimes I come to church and I'm like, not today, Lord. I'm not going to dance today, man. People are, you know, they're starting to get annoyed of it, blah, 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 whatever, you know. And then the Lord will speak to me. Why aren't you dancing for me? Why aren't you praising me? Why aren't you giving me everything that you got? And so then I decide, you know what? I don't care what other people think about me right now. I want to give it to the Lord. And then I start praising the Lord. And sometimes it may, and sometimes it may feel like I may be faking it, but, we, but pastor corrected that. I'm faith in it. I'm coming here because I'm going to expect the Lord to do something. I come here depressed and I start praising the Lord anyway, and he delivers me from that depression. I've never left this church depressed once. I have never walked out of this church depressed ever. And that's because I decided that I'm going to do it no matter what. In Psalms 149, I will just show that that is biblical. It's not just a UPCI thing. It's not a UPCI thing to dance for the Lord. It's not a UPCI thing to praise the Lord and to lift our holy hands and worship God with all that we have. Psalms 149. I don't got that one memorized. Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregations of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance and sing praises unto him with timbrel and harp. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. The Lord loves it when we dance. When I dance in this place, the Lord comes down and he tells me he's pleased with what I do and he delivers me from my depression. Whoa, hallelujah, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your word and the way that it works in my life, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you will help everyone here to go all in and me as well to go more all in, Lord Jesus. I praise you, and I thank you, Lord. Oh, I give you all the glory, Lord Jesus. All the glory, Lord. All the glory, Lord Jesus. You are worthy, God. You are worthy, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Do I still have some time? Just a little bit. Um, 
so then there was an, you know, that was a couple all in moments. This whole Bible is about being all in. Following the word of God and doing his will in your life is all in. And we do it day by day. We can only do one day at a time. We can go all in for the Lord the rest of tonight. We can give him everything we got in praise tonight. We can be joyful for Morgan when he goes down in that water and all his sins are washed away. Hallelujah, Jesus. But the other all-in moment was just getting rid of my selfishness. In Matthew 16, 24, it says, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and deny yourself. Something there. I'm going to have to read it, but... Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man come after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. And then that goes along with um, Revelations 12, 11. It says, you over, We overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and not loving our lives unto death. So I stopped loving myself more than I loved other people, and Jesus. And my wife has slowly watched me become less selfish. I still got to, I got to pray about it, man. I got to get up in the morning and get rid of that stuff. You know, that's why I got to hit the prayer room because that's who I was. And I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind by that prayer room to become less selfish, to start being there for other people instead of everyone coming to be there for me. Everyone was always, it was always about Mike. Are we going to Mike's softball tournaments this weekend? I drug my family all around the state all the time, every weekend, kept them from church because softball was so important to me. Everything that I did was important. But now slowly God's taken my life away from me. And we can go in. I'm sorry. Can you go back to Matthew 16, 24? He's taken my life away from me. Twenty-five. Or so whoever save his life shall lose it. And so whoever lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And I just thank, you, thank the Lord he has given me a new life because I have become less selfish. I have died to my old self. Yes, um, there's a lot of things that I've given up that I thought were fun in my life, but the Lord has replaced them with so much more joy. Seeing a man that I've been working with for six months tonight and seeing him come with joy, seeing him being free right now and seeing him just have some hope and, and, and wanting to do this. I didn't force him to do it. He chose to do this. He talked to me a while ago and he said he wants to do that. But seeing these things, this is much better than the old life that I had. These are the things that I live for now. These are the things that God will do. And he's going to do way more than that because Morgan is going to be saved. Morgan's going to give up his life. He's going to die to himself. And then more and more people in this world are going to be transformed by the renewing of their minds. And this is just the, just like the guy looked up in the sky and the stars were out there. We don't even know what we're doing. You change one person's life and they change a hundred. We don't even know what's going on, what God is doing. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. It's not going to be easy. It's not easy to go all in. Jesus, we know that he was all in the whole time. Ever since he was born, he was all in. He's God. 
But I just go my Jesus all in moment. In Luke 22, 41, 44. When we hear that Jesus had a hard time making some decisions. And he was withdrawn from them about the stones cast. And he kneeled down and he prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, thy will be done. Jesus did not want to get beaten and spit on, punched in the face, all these things, but he knew that he had to do it. He knew that it was the will of God. Jesus, the man, he was crying. He, he was sweating tears of blood. He was sweating blood because it was such a hard. So how did he do the will of the Father? He got down on his knees and he sweat blood. He sweat blood for, our, for us, for our salvation. So if we expect to be like Jesus, follow him, then we better get in the prayer room. We better get in our house and wake up. And I'm not saying that everybody, let's give him five minutes tomorrow morning. Let's give him, the, before you go to bed tonight, let's give that to him. And then let's wake up in the morning and the first thing on our minds is Jesus. And that is how we can go into the will of God. Jesus had to pray and pray and pray and pray. <laughs> yes. Ephesians 4.22, I'll just end with this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for what you're doing, God. Thank you for your word, Lord God. Without it, without it, Lord Jesus, we are lost. That you put off the concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you may put, off, put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Let's put off the old man. Let's put on the new man for Christ. And if you've been struggling with it, the grace of God is here today. It starts right now with every single one of us. His grace is here. If you messed up today, if you didn't walk as strong as you need to walk, His grace starts right now. It starts right now. If you want to get on your knees, if you want to lift your hands up and say, God, I want to do better, He's here right now. And He's, if, you, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and He is just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness.
tonight not just in word folks but this was an this was an illustration indeed 
This man is not perfect, but he's endeavoring to live his life the way God wants him to live it. And as you can experience tonight, there's no shame. He's not embarrassed. He's not here to try to win your affection. He's trying to win God's affection. Praise God. And I'm going to tell you something right now. He's succeeding. Praise God. And so I appreciate that, Brother Mike. I appreciate the heart that brought it. We, we asked the question this morning in this morning's service. We asked, what do you want for Christmas? Yeah. And we went through a bunch of things that, you know, obviously are going to be here today and gone tomorrow. But listen to me, folks. I, I feel a movement in this place, generally speaking. I really do. I mean, the, the Spirit of God is able to minister to thousands and millions all at one time. And so I think God can handle this room. And I think he is handling this room. I believe that God has got a specific... See, the word word comes from two Greek words. One is logos, which is general statement. Everybody that comes in, they hear the general statement. But then there's something called rhema, and that's specific. And God can touch over here and touch over here and touch back there all at the same time. And I, I, I am absolutely convinced that's what's been happening in this place tonight. See, all of you in this place tonight, I know that you, you, you love God. You want to see God do some great things in your life. Can you say amen? amen. Yeah, I, I, I believe that. But I'm going to tell you what the issue has been, and I'm not here to be critical. I'm just trying to help somebody here tonight, is that God has been a part of your life. And that's not bad. That's how it begins. But it's like the song that we sang tonight. God wants to become the center of your life. And I'm telling you, this Christmas season, this night, praise God, you can make a decision that can begin to accelerate that movement. See, we can move as slow as we want. And I'm not here to push anybody, although I've been told that I do that. <laughs> but nevertheless, folks, I'm just here to be a leader. I'm just trying to lead people into the presence of God. But tonight, I feel like there's a hunger and a thirst tonight that I, you, there are things that need to be accomplished in your life that only God can do. And, you know, you can stay on the outside as long as you want, you know, and, and you're going to get bits and pieces. But if you really want to see God accomplish those great miracles in your life, like what's happened to this brother here, I believe you've got to get moving towards the center in Jesus' name. Praise God. What do you say that we pray right now? And let's ask God to help us, okay? Let's ask God to help us to move towards the center. Can you do that? Come on.